All right, it's the fifth Sound of Groove podcast episode of 2018 right here in your living room, wherever you may be at right now listening to it. And your host, Evan Dobigan, I am with you for the fifth of six episodes here in this year. And this one is a whole new theme that I'll be doing for this and the next one, the last theme of 2018 of the three that I have chosen to pull out for you. This one I like to call Come Fly With Me. This song's about taking flight aviation and getting up in the sky basically traveling through the air so off the ground i guess you could say so that could be by airplane it could be in the cosmos through outer space you know you name it a rocket ship going up there or just your simple flight transatlantic you know we're uh, covering all those bases in this particular episode that's what i like to say and uh, with that being said and the groundwork being laid i guess you're ready for me to tee up the first track so how about we start off with something from back in the early 70s? It's 1973 to be exact. And it's from the influential, although short-lived and in their time maligned, I guess, or kind of overlooked group, the New York Dolls. Uh, this is a band that uh, kind of uh, foretold the 80s where it was popular and almost considered a little bit macho to play the hard rock music while dressed up kind of feminine. So, you know, almost in drag, you know, with teased hair, makeup, lipstick even, eyeshadow, you name it. Uh, it was part of the glam movement, obviously, at the time, but it really differentiated itself because the music was a little dirtier, a little rawer. They were a bunch of guys from New York, the various parts of New York City, the various boroughs, who played a little bit of a more, a little bit of a boogieing kind of music, but without the glitz and glam, sort of like 50s uh, corny nostalgia that you heard sometimes with T-Rex and even with Bowie at times. You heard this little homage to 50s music. These guys were straight up sort of like almost proto-punks. They were... Maybe not as brainless and drugged out as you would hear the Stooges who are out of Detroit, but they had a certain raw sensibility to them. Although later, of course, members of the group did become those kind of you know sloppy junkies um, in uh, Jerry Nolan and the lead guitar- he was a drummer and lead guitarist Johnny Thunders, who after the dissolution of the New York Dolls formed a band called the Heartbreakers. Not to be confused with Tom Petty's side group, and uh, these guys, while they dressed kind of provocatively for the time, they were a little more farther to the feminine side of the glam movement than anybody in the UK even, including Bowie. They look, he was more of the androgynous side, and these guys were just sort of straight up cross-dressing almost in a way. But their music was not that kind that you would expect to hear from guys dressed up like girls. It was a little more streetwise, almost punkish, and uh, they influenced a lot of the punk bands that would come. I mean, the Ramones kind of owe a debt to, to the New York Dolls. And then in the 80s, you got a lot of groups that dressed up Maybe they didn't play music that was quite like the New York Dolls. Maybe a little more uh, slick, overproduced, heavy on the 80s drums and big riffs and lead guitar, you know, finger-tapping stuff that Van Halen popularized. But groups like Poison and Motley Crue, the hair metal movement, I guess it was called, Twisted Sister, these were all groups that were kind of following the footsteps of what the New York Dolls did, fashion-wise anyway. And anyhow, their first album was well-regarded, and this track's called Jet Boy. It's another one of the great hard-rocking songs off of it. Bit 60s, bit 70s at the same time. So let's take a listen to the boys from the New York Dolls. David Johansson, the lead singer. Syl Sylvain on rhythm guitar. Arthur Kane on bass. Jerry Nolan on drums. And Johnny Thunders on lead guitar. Performing Jet Boy. Here for you in the Sound and Groove podcast. <laughs> You so fly up in the sky, faster than any boy could ever describe. 
All right, that was Jet Boy by the New York Dolls. Like I said earlier in the lead up, the description to that song, highly influential. Obviously, New York band from the early 70s. Never really attained huge success. Broke up in the mid-70s. Had a brief period managed by Malcolm McLaren, who was a sort of music mogul from London, or England, obviously, trying to get started in the business, and he owned a kind of a novelty uh, punk shop before that fashion store and branched out into into music management and eventually went from the New York Dolls to the Sex Pistols after. But um, they spawned, you know, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, and, and who, you know, they split from the group he and Nolan before the real breakup of the New York Dolls. And David Johansson had a fairly good solo career and achieved his most success with a character, a lounge lizard character he created called Buster Poindexter, who you might remember if you go back far enough, who did Hot, 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 that sort of Calypso type of thing that became huge in the 80s and was the bane of his career in the end. But he's, you know, great for more than that, and he's done some great records since then, more bluesy things with a group called the Harry Smiths and uh, his own stuff. And then the New York Dolls reformed in the early, in the mid-2000s and put out a couple fantastic albums, put out three of them since then. The first one, One Day It Will Please Us All to Remember This, is actually one of their best works and is an example of how a group can come back, you know, years after being originally together and really hit on all cylinders, even though all the other members of the group were dead except for Sylvain and <laughs> Johansson. So it was New York Dolls in name with a whole bunch of new guys, but pretty fresh, pretty cool stuff that they reunited to do. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Here's a band called the Flamin' Groovies, and they started off as kind of a... Eh, maybe they were in the psychedelic scene of San Francisco, but they played a lot of rockabilly and nasty stones type of rock. But slowly but surely, you know, with personnel moves, they drifted to more of a Beatles pop style, like a little power pop. They were kind of an influential group in that scene, much as a group like Big Star would be in the early 70s. But they, you know, barely got more commercial success than them, kind of focused on the UK scene, which was a little more into that sound, obviously, uh, even in the early to mid-70s. And this is a track from... It didn't come much you know, uh, earlier than their breakup called Jumpin' in the Night, and the track I'm going to play is called First Plane Home, written by uh, Cyril Jordan and Chris Wilson, Cyril Jordan being a founding member of the Flamin' Groovies from the late 60s, and this is the album, I think two albums after Shaking Some Action, which is one of their more popular and influential ones, uh, but this one's not so bad either, and uh, it's a good si uh, slice of their power pop side, even if it's late 70s and maybe it's kind of a little out of touch for the era, but who cares? I mean, it's still pretty good stuff. Great guitar sound. So let's take a listen to the Flaming Groovies from 1979. It's First Plane Home on the Sound of Groove Podcast.
That was First Plane Home by the Flaming Groovies from 1979 in the Sound of Groove podcast here on the Come Fly With Me Part 1 episode. <laughs> and just in case you needed reminding or were just dropping in at this particular point, let's move on to another track now. Moving along fast here. Let's go to a song called In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. It's the title track of a 1998 album, second and final by a group called Neutral Milk Hotel. They were formed as a part of a, one of many groups or an offshoot of a musical collective, mainly formed by a songwriter out of Athens, Georgia, called Jeff Mangum. Or actually, he was out of Louisiana, but he was living in uh, Athens when all this stuff got formed. Neutral Milk was formed in Ruston, Louisiana, originally, by Jeff Mangum in the 1980s. Like I said, he was from there. And uh, their first one was an EP in 1994. They did their full-length debut album on Avery Island a couple years later. And this was well regarded, and then he got even more uh, acclaimed reviews for the 1998 LP, In the Airplane Over the Sea, and this is the title track for it. I'm not really a huge major fan of this one, even though it got a lot of critical praise. Uh, It's really grown over the years and gotten a lot of uh, um, retroactive love, and it was the highest-selling vinyl album in 2008, oddly enough. So showing that, you know, as the years have gone by, it's kind of ahead of its time that the indie folk kind of movement in the 2000s really sounds like it started with kind of recordings like this you know this is before bright eyes and all those kind of groups and um at times it sounds flat and sort of lifeless i think the album but this is a particular track that i like and that's why i'm using it on here anyway and jeff mangum wrote most of these tracks about Anne frank he'd read that book diary of Anne frank and he's a sensitive kind of soul so a lot of it touched him and made him you know emotional or cry or wishing he'd go back and change everything that happened and he put a lot of lyrics in there regarding the events of that uh, particular famous book. So uh, anyhow, let's get to the song that fits very well with our theme here. It's the Neutral Milk Hotel, or just sorry, Neutral Milk Hotel from 1998 with In the Aeroplane Over the Sea on the Sound of Group podcast. What a beautiful face I have found in this place That is circling all around the sun What a beautiful dream That could flash on the screen In a blink of an eye And be gone from me Soft and sweet Let me hold it close And keep it here with me 
There was In the Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel from the uh, album of the same name in 1998. And uh, let's continue on, though. Let's get a move on it right away here with another track here on Sound of Groove Podcasts, Come Fly With Me podcast episode, part one. <laughs> this is another track that's a little bit of the folk vein and also a title track for a particular album. It's uh, from 20 years earlier, though, than the last one we heard. 1978, it's Flying Shoes, which is from the album of the same name by Towns Van Zandt, the uh, wonderfully respected singer-songwriter, also with a troubled life, but uh, wrote some of the most achingly poignant songs of the what was a 70s singer-songwriter movement out of Texas that saw a lot of people you know, who were more identified as maybe a bit country, but playing a folk hybrid of it. And uh, he came out of that in the late 60s, into the 70s was a very prolific period to start his career. But then um, his personal issues with drugs and alcohol kind of slowed things down, and he went into a bit of inactivity. I think after 1973, he only put out three studio albums the rest of his life. Several, you know, retrospectives and unearthed rare gem type of archives albums were put out, and lots of live albums too. But overall, Towns was pretty... um, minimal in terms of his contribution uh, in terms of his output after 1973 and like I said a lot of it had to do with some substance issues he didn't really crave the spotlight didn't have a huge following or fan base while he was alive but um, the fan base he did have was very much in adoration of him and he was a songwriter's songwriter so a lot of people covered his work he got a lot of royalties from his song Poncho and Lefty becoming a huge hit for people like Willie Nelson and If I Needed You was another one that got covered even more than Poncho and Lefty uh, but by this point in the late 70s he was trying to get his career back on track and this one came out after that sabbatical had uh, been happening an album he had recorded in 1970 called 7 Come 11 as the working title had not been released due to the dispute between the producer and the founder of the record label that it was on and uh, so all of a sudden Towns made his return but of course this was uh, another fleeting comeback because his next album after this wasn't for another nine years with 1987's At My Window but anyway I hope you'll take a listen and enjoy the uh, legendary Towns Van Zandt with his 1978 track Flying Shoes Thank you. 
is full of rain the sky's coming down again I get so tired of these same old blues Same old song Baby, it won't be long For I'll be tying on my flying shoes Flying shoes Till I'll be tying on my flying shoes Summer had to be satisfied Fall is a feeling that I just can't lose I'd like to stay Maybe watch a winter day Turn the green water To white and blue Flying Flying shoes Till I be tying on My flying go flying shoes from towns Zant, 1978 here in the sound of groove podcast one of his many uh sort of downcast harrowing sad songs there's a lot sadder ones than that one mind you that's almost a bit of an uplifting one by comparison to what he's usually known for and comes in you know one of the many times that he emerged from obscurity to make another album in the last 25 years of his life or so passed away in 1997 finally the effects of his heavy drinking and uh, often uh abusive drug use Caught up to him, but uh, he left a legacy of, of songs and of uh, songwriting ability that is almost unparalleled uh, from his from his era, really. I mean, just a forgotten gem of an artist. But let's move on. How about we? How about we get to a rockin' band here? How about Blondie with a track called Bermuda Triangle Blues, Flight 45? So describing the tale of a plane that goes missing in the Bermuda Triangle, which often was supposed to have happened. There was supposed to be some kind of mystical force drawing planes in there that people would hear about, you know, disappearing flights over that particular part of the Atlantic Ocean. It became a mythology that built up around the whole thing. And this is one of their slow kind of brooding numbers, a little more psychedelic sounding, off their second album, Plastic Letters, that came out in 1977. Kind of uh, got them some more commercial headway, especially in the U.K., with particular tracks, Denis and I'm Always Touched by Your Presence, Steer. And, uh, of course, the next one they did, uh, broke them all over the world, was a huge smash called uh, Parallel Lines. But for this one, they were just 
owning their craft a little more and growing a bit further from the sort of more garagey party atmosphere of the first album, a self-titled one a year before. So anyway, this particular track was written by Chris Stein, who was a guitarist in the band and later became just moved to rhythm guitar when they added the lead in the form of uh, Frank Infante. Nigel Harrison, who was an Englishman, was brought on board to play bass because they didn't even have that. Chris Stein handled both those roles in their first two albums, and they were unorthodox that way that they had, you know, a bass guy. And live, I think their bass was kind of like the Doors. They had a bass uh, part played by the keyboards from Jimmy Destry, who was the keyboardist in the band. Anyway, so they expanded to being the six-piece group for their next album. But as uh, as it was now, it was Deborah Harry was the singer. They were, you know, where the Blondie part of the uh, group's title came from. And there was Stein on the guitar and bass, and then uh, Clem Burke on drums, and Destry on the keyboards. And here it is. Let's get right to it from 1977. It's Blondie with Bermuda Triangle Blues, Flight 45. There was the dramatic Bermuda Triangle Blues Flight 45 from Blondie and their second album, Plastic Letters. Really good wor- uh, piece of work by Chris Stein. All the guitar riffs are very memorable. They embed yourse- uh, themselves into your head. And uh, Deborah Harry is spot on, as usual. Just a tremendous uh, example of that Blondie early on could really handle a lot of different styles. They could be a little more like that kind of acid rock type of thing. Or they could be, you know, punky. They could be pop. Ultimately, they went more in the pop direction. You know, in the early 80s, they had a bunch of huge hits and kind of strayed a bit from what made them great. I mean, once Heart of Glass was a huge hit, 
uh, you know, a band associated with CBGBs, which is more of a punk club, getting a hit with something that sounded like Studio 54 there, then they moved in that direction a little more. But anyway, at the time, they could still be a little more like a 60s kind of garage band. There was that ethos to them that was really interesting and fresh to see in the mid-70s when everything was kind of lit and boring and all about big solos and whatnot. Blondie is one of those fun, young, energetic bands that changed a bit of that what was going on, at least anyway, at the forefront of contemporary music in the 70s. So there you go. I'm giving you a bit of a musicology breakdown on that one, and let's uh, get a move on to another track. Here's something from great Canadian folk singer, although he later tried a lot of different styles. It's hard to pigeonhole him just as a folk singer, but his, ac- his acoustic guitar abilities are often what, you know, get him labeled that. And it's hard not to uh, acknowledge that his folky, finger-picked style of guitar playing is pretty rooted in that and pretty amazing at the same time. I'm talking about Bruce Coburn, and this is a track of his called January in the Halifax Airport Lounge. Speaking of the flying motif there, right? You know, a lot of times when you're waiting to take off, you're stuck somewhere, you're in an airport lounge. And uh, he keeps it more Canadiana here, talking about a city uh, in the Atlantic part of the country, obviously, out on the East Coast. And this was a time in Bruce Coburn's career where he was still playing very uh, pastoral, um, eclectic, folk-based music. A lot of acoustic guitar stuff. Sometimes that was all there was in the albums. Very solo, uh, very hands-on DIY. This was his sixth album already at the time. And this came in 1975. It was an album called Joy Will Find a Way. And he really started changing gears with his next album called In the Falling Dark, where we hear more fleshed-out things. Keyboards, percussion... Uh, a lot more production uh, values put on it, not just the simple old acoustic guitar and voice and maybe a odd piano or dulcimer in there. He goes from sounding more like the early Joni Mitchell, a male version of it anyway, to something resembling more like a worldly guy, you know, like Peter Gabriel became somebody like David Byrne and incorporates those uh, foreign elements to his music. And that would uh, grow and grow until the 80s where he was, you know, mixing that with new wave and putting synthesizers and electric guitars and everything. But at the time, his music was a little more um, down-home, a little more peaceful and uh, quiet, like this particular track. So let's hear it. January in the Halifax Airport Lounge from Bruce Coburn, Coburn, 1975. The Sound & Groove Podcast. Distant times in distant lands Worthless money changing hands Changing them to what I wonder As in the dust the jet plane thunder Crisis in the outer world In the sky the smoke trails curl Some Winnipeg boys are 
cypress bound I hope they live to touch home ground from that little pretty ditty from the great Canadian singer-songwriter Bruce Coburn, January in the Halifax Airport Lounge. Let's move on to a new track here on the Sound Group Podcast as we motor our way toward the end of this first episode of the Come Fly Away With Me theme, or Come Fly With Me, that is. <laughs> Mixing it up with Come Away With Me, you know, Nora Jones or whatever. Sorry. Anyhow, let's move on. Let's uh, tackle a, tra- a track by a group that is very well known for being at the forefront of the Haight-Ashbury so-called psychedelic acid rock movement in the late 60s, that being Jefferson Airplane. And it didn't always really fall into that grouping. I mean, they became that uh, sort of categorization with the advent of, you know, the drug culture and the San Francisco scene becoming so huge, the Grateful Dead and several other bands. And when they started, they were just kind of any other folk rock band, kind of sounding like a you know, sort of uh, the birds. Now they were unique for having a female lead singer and Sinya Anderson, or one of their singers anyway, and she eventually was replaced near the end of 1966 by the much better known, of course, Grace Slick. But at the time when they started off, they were kind of playing more of a folk rock um, emphasis uh, music. And this is the first track from their very first album, uh, which is called Jefferson Airplane Takes Off. It came out... A year before they really, you know, hit it big with Somebody to Love and White Rabbit and all that stuff uh, on Surrealistic Pillow. This came out in August 1966. And this is the first song on it, in fact. So it's the very first track on the very first album. Uh, it was written by Marty Ballin, who was uh, uh, probably their most talented singer and would sing some of their most signature tunes. And also would join them in a later incarnation of the group in the 70s. It was very commercially successful called Jefferson Starship, obviously. Uh, that was uh, the pinnacle of their career commercially, but not artistically as much. And uh, Balin co-wrote this song with Skip Spence, who was initially in the group early on before they even did an album, but then later uh, left and joined uh, another San Francisco band called Moby Grape. And he was a Canadian-born guy too, I would I think. Yeah, from Windsor. Anyway, enough of that. We won't go off into a little side tangent. Here it is, Blues from an Airplane. From the Jefferson Airplane in 1966 on the Sound of Groove podcast. Do you know how sad it is to be a man alone? I feel so solitary being in my home without you. Don't know what to do And I don't know where you are I can see 
Blues from an Airplane from the Jefferson Airplane. The first track off their debut album, Jefferson Airplane Takes Off, 1966. Continuing with our Come Fly With Me theme here on the Santa Group Podcast. The fourth, or actually fifth, fifth episode so far here in 2018. And uh, second to last of the year and of this theme. So, let's go with the final track here for this particular theme. I'm going to go with something from the group The Rascals. Now, of course... They hit in the mid-60s as this, I mean, they're Italian-American guys, so everyone likes to call blue-eyed soul or white soul or whatever, but they fooled a lot of people. I mean, Atlantic Records, where they signed up, a lot of people heard them and thought, hey, that's a group of uh, black musicians, isn't it? And then they were stunned to find out, no, it's not. And uh, they originally dubbed them the Young Rascals, and they finally took the Young part out of their name, I think, in 1968. Um, And you had Felix Cavalieri on the keyboards and lead vocals, also just... Uh, strictly a vocalist was Eddie Brigatti, Gene Cornish, who was actually Canadian. There's another Canadian reference. I'm not even going with that as a theme, and here you go. He was on guitar, and he had a few lead vocals once in a while, and Dino Donnelly on the drums, who had a who was steeped in a jazz background. By this point, uh, when this track I'm going to play came out, and uh, the album it was off of, it was 1971, and it was kind of a reformed line of the Rascals, with Buzz fighting on the guitar, and in fact, they also had a female vocalist by the name of Annie Sutton. And this new line of the Rascals, minus uh, Cornish and Brigatti, who both left in the middle of 1970, with the commercial fortunes of the group declining a bit and throughout 1969-70, after peaking in 68 when they had a number one hit with People Got to Be Free, we had an album called Peaceful World. And uh, this came out in 1971 and saw Cavalieri going more toward a jazz direction Something a little more funky and uh, less less in the R&B soul vein than the uh, Rassels had been uh, promoting before. But kind of an interesting uh, change of direction, uh, mind you. And it was on a new record label, too. They moved from Atlantic to CBS Columbia. and uh, But the sales did not follow. The fans sort of just tuned out. And this album did not sell well. And uh, the follow-up from 1972, Island of Real, sold even worse. But it's some interesting stuff. And I'm going to play a track the first one off Peaceful World. It's called Sky Train. And uh, hopefully listening to this, you'll see what I mean about the Rascals' late period jazzy direction. Anyway, here it is on the Sound and Groove Podcast. Thank you. 
All right, that was a funky number, huh? That was Sky Train from the Rascals in 1971. A configuration of the band that not many people are aware of because they didn't really have any hits or go, you know, in a very commercial direction or track that many uh, record sales before they broke up a couple years later. But still, nonetheless, a little tidbit you might uh, not have known of. And that's the final song we're going to play here in this particular episode, the part one of this theme of Come Fly With Me. There'll be another two, another one coming up soon, so look out for that. Until then, I am Evan Dobigan for the Sonic Group Podcast saying we'll see you then. Good listening, everyone. <laughs>